wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fret. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. To you are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? with me on this Monday. Your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes, it is Monday. Yes, it is Monday, kicking off the work week in grand YLT fashion as we always do. I hope you had a great, fantastic weekend. And if you enjoyed payback, you enjoyed payback. If you didn't enjoy payback, I probably won't either. Um, yeah. Again, it is Monday, and there is no payback review today because I bother wanting to do a payback. As I told you guys on Friday. So that means we get to have an interesting day and talk about a brand new episode of News of the Weekend. We're going to talk about all the news that's been to talk about and give you some news that came out of the weekend for professional wrestling. But before we get into all that, I got to talk to you guys about Patreon. 17 cents a day for most people in the world doesn't mean jack shit. Honestly, the last time 17 cents actually meant anything about a McDonald's hamburger back in the 1950s. It's facts. But for 17 cents a day over on the Patreon side of things, it can get you a ton of content. One being, you get to be part of exclusive Patreon group chat. We can chat with all of the members of the Patreon family. Of course, people like Quarantine Jam, Jermaine. Slack, Kavita, and all the other pages that we have in the chat, as well as all the members of Wrestle Addict Radio, that includes myself, Kate Murphy, King Ricky Rose, Mr. Will, Jerry Shook, Mance Chapel, Nate, and Fretz. It's a beautiful thing. 
gets up with all of us. Over there on Blue Chat. Also, for 17 cents a day, exclusive access to shows you normally don't regularly hear on Wrestle Attic Radio. Shows like Love and War, hosted by Kate Murphy and Jose as they go through trials and tribulations of dating. Band, but also has podcaster tell stories and all that good stuff. Also, you can listen to shows like Francis Fan 5, where basically talks about his top five. Insert your favorite topic here. Goes over the top of his fan five, and I believe recently he just finished up a top ten of SummerSlam matches or moments. If I'm, I'm not exactly sure, Fritz, let me know, man. Of all time. You also listen to the uh, 20 Bell Salute, uh, which is not monthly, but you get to listen to them on a regular basis and hosted by, I believe, Nate and Fretz. And it is a very pleasurable episode that they have most recently did. And you also get to hear the brand new episode of This Secret Files podcast hosted by yours truly. And I had a doozy of an episode with a very special guest that I've been wanting to collaborate with for quite some time. We broke it down. We chopped it up about a certain topic we had been wanting to talk about for quite some time. And it is, a, it is I would say it's definitely a damn good episode. It's fantastic. I'd say it's probably one of the best episodes I've done uh, since I became a member of Wrestle Addict Radio. And it's fantastic. I would say go check it out immediately. But if that doesn't convince you, if those two things don't convince you, how about an exclusive code? I know what it is, but I can't tell you, unless you're a part of the Patreon family. That'll get you 15% off every single time you go and check out at any of our Teespring stores. That includes my store over on teespring.com slash store slash Wyatt Young dash Lions dash Perspective. Brand new layout, brand new everything, lays out. It's a, mu- it's a much better, easy way to actually go on there. I'll discuss that later on in today's episode. But yes, 17 cents a day, according to $5 a month, gets you all of that. So don't say 17 cents can't get you far with anything. Patreon.com forward slash Radio. Consider being a member today. And as I always say here, always accepted Never expected. I have 10 articles pulled up for y'all. And I believe we got a good amount of stuff today. I'll be talking about, of course, a little bit of a spoiler. Plans for heel Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. I have news on Chris Jericho reaching a trademark deal with the WWE. News on Ric Flair saying Charlotte will be out of action for a year. We'll discuss that. Also, of course, I'll bring you guys the news on uh, SmackDown's viewership rating after... Friday's episode of SmackDown, news on Nick Aldis, talking with AEW, working with the NWA, and more on that. John Moxley, talking his run in NJPW and who he was supposed to end with Wrestle Kingdom with. I have an update on AJ Styles' future after Paul Heyman's appearance on WWE SmackDown. Triple H on how the speaking out movement will affect the return of NXT UK. Eric Bischoff. As some words on WWE and talking about the storylines, we'll definitely discuss that. And as well as WWE changing a SummerSlam finish after a superstar argued that it made no sense whatsoever. That's what I have lined up for you guys for this episode. And I believe I got a doozy for y'all. 
Just give me one moment. Just have to check, make sure I want to have the right one that I want to start with. Take care of that. And away we go. Let's discuss some news, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? And yes, I did assume your genders. From WrestlingNews.co. Spoiler. Plans for heel Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. If you do not want to hear this, uh, skip over a couple minutes and uh, you'll get probably get past that for sure. For some reason, my computer, my laptop doesn't want to act correctly when it wants to make sure that I have Wi-Fi chain in my ass. My apologies for the technical difficulties. All right, let's get into it. This is from Paul Davis. As many of you saw this week on WWE Friday Night SmackDown, Roman Reigns joined forces with Paul Heyman. WWE has teased this in the past when Reigns feuded with Brock Lesnar, but Vince McMahon didn't want to pull the trigger on a heel term at that time. What you saw at the end of SmackDown was meant to be Reigns' official heel turn. As noted here last weekend, the plan has been to give Reigns an edge to his character. I spoke about this last week. Although he's going to be positioned as a heel, people in management realize that Reigns will be likely seen as a fan favorite and he will likely get cheered when fans are allowed back at shows. The goal is for him to be the ultimate babyface and to finally get him on the top tier level like John Cena. There were plans to do something like this with Reigns after WrestleMania. The idea was that he would have a chip on his shoulder after beating Goldberg for the Universal Championship in a short match. Those plans were changed when Reigns pulled out of the show due to COVID-19 concerns. Bray Wyatt is scheduled to defend the Universal Championship on last night against against Reigns and Braun Strowman in a triple threat match. WWE sources told us on last night that the plan was for Reigns to take the title from Wyatt at WWE Payback. The last word on that is that plans have not changed. Now, keep in mind, I am actually recording this on Sunday. Um, to get you guys prepared for today. So, just want to let you guys know beforehand. There were a few other noteworthy items this week on SmackDown. Of course, you want to click there in the hyperlink for news and Sami Zayn's return and Alexa Bliss's odd behavior during a backstage segment. So, basically, what they're saying is, is that Reigns' return to WWE was always meant for him to get the championship. I actually was listening to and man, what I heard from him really really pissed me off. And so not only so here, here's what was going to happen. Here's what was going to happen. So I just put my phone in my charger. The plan was originally for Reigns to beat Goldberg at WrestleMania. Then he was going to be in a program with Baron Corbin. I'll give you a moment to uh, let you uh, vomit in your bucket nearest to you. And I'm going to make it worse. The plan was for Corbin to beat Roman. And Corbin would win the Universal Championship. To make it even worse, Corbin was going to get cashed in on by Otis. And Otis was going to become the WWE Universal 
champion as early as Money in the Bank. May have been a little bit sooner. Actually, it may have been a little bit later. I don't know. But that was the plan originally. That was the plan. Ain't that some shit. And so coming back with um So Roman coming back, of course a lot of people were excited. I wasn't personally. Um I just didn't give a shit. But now that he's a heel. Honestly, where we're at right now, as I'm recording this, is about uh, 45 minutes away from payback. Pretty much the speculation is that I'm I'm assuming Roman is going to win tonight. There's no reason for Roman to come back, align himself with Paul Heyman, and not walk away with the Universal Championship tonight. And go into Friday as the new Universal Champion. The original plans were garbage. I would have not wanted to see Corbin at all become a Universal Champion. That would have been straight up garbage. That would have been a failure. And I guarantee you that the ratings would have just immediately dropped to hell. Okay? So, with what they're going with right now, I'm okay with it. It sucks that Bray Wyatt is going to be more than likely a transitional champion. But I would have Braun Strowman eating the pin. And let Roman Reigns just take the championship. Thus, again, we are burying Roman, burying Bray Wyatt twice in one, in less than six months. I mean, y'all, I mean, it really sucks because with everything that's going on with this, and we spoke about this about a week or so ago, I mean, Jesus, this whole situation... I I just don't know what to think with everything that's going on. I mean, it's just crazy to me how, you know, they waited until now to bring Roman back. Now, the heel thing, that's that's all well and good. We've waited, like, what, five, six years for this? Five, six years. When there were so many opportunities for Roman to become heel. And now all of a sudden, I, I I just don't know. I mean, they had so many opportunities to take care of this handle shit, but now all of a sudden, because of the pandemic and everything that's going on, now all of a sudden they are, I would say, forced into a corner and having to make this happen. 
when they could have done this, they could have done this multiple times over. Because personally, and I've said it many, many times, that you have to make Roman the biggest heel in the company before you can make him the biggest babyface, and and that's just pretty much facts. The fans at the time, many times over, were rejecting him, and seriously. WWE had plenty of opportunities to make it happen. Same thing with John Cena. They had plenty of opportunities to make him heal, and they didn't. Same thing with Roman. They had plenty of opportunities. But now, now of all times, they're going to do it because, well, you know, the pandemic. And this is, I mean, and they have the Thunderdome and everything. Seriously. Why, why, why now? You know? At the expense of Ray Wyatt, because you're going to make Roman a heel, you're going to make Braun a heel, and now you're going to somehow make Bray a baby face. And now that you have Alexa Bliss going back to her pigtail ways, the only way this will work, in the, as uh, JD from NY206 stated, and I agree with this, is that you make her the mouthpiece for Bray. Since, you know, you had, you know, her try to smack some sense in the Strowman didn't work. You now have you now have to have Alexa be the mouthpiece for Ray. It's I don't know. It's just a crazy situation with this. It really is, and we'll see how it works. I mean, they had a, it's a money opportunity. It's a money opportunity for them to try and make this work. And we'll honestly see how it goes. But, I mean, just doing this now. I I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know why. I mean, I do know why. Because, I mean, it's a big opportunity to have Roman do it. But, again, they do it. For Roman, again. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we will see how it goes. I'm, I mean, I'm surprisingly excited to see how this all works uh, with Roman as a heel. Um, there's speculation of possibly him being a leader of retribution and all this stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I'm gonna eat. My, I ate my words when I said Roman wasn't a heel when he came back last Sunday. Uh, when I talked about it on Monday, last Monday. But I have, to eat, I have to eat some crow today and say, yeah, okay, Roman's a heel now. That's cool. But it, it's, I mean, it's just going to be done at the expense of Bray, you know. They're going to fuck over Bray to give Roman back this championship. I don't know. And that's why I had a poll up, and I still have it on my Twitter, at Sweet Senator Wards, up until at least Friday. Um, do you believe the pandemic forced WWE into a corner and turning Roman Reigns heel. You can go over there right now. It's on my uh, Twitter page. And you can make your cast your vote over there. Yes or no. You have until Friday. And I'll give you guys the results on uh, this Friday's show uh, for episode 249, Light the Fuse. But we shall move along. From WrestlingInc.com. Chris Jericho reaches trademark deal with WWE. This is written from... My personal favorite uh, 
professional wrestler rider in the game right now, Mark Middleton. WWE and Chris Jericho recently reached a trademark agreement. WWE officials agreed to give Jericho the rights to use the name in exchange for Jericho giving WWE the rights to own the intellectual property of anything created by either them during his time with the company. The Wrestling Observer adds that a key item here could be the Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank match or name, since te- technically it was Jericho's idea. Under the new agreement, Jericho is not able to use the Y2J term or any of the trademarks related to his other characters in WWE. PW Insider adds that that while Y2J is still owned by WWE, names like Lionheart have returned to Jericho. Jericho could have used his ring name based on prior usage before his WWE days, but his, this new agreement makes it official with WWE acknowledging it. Jericho first debuted with WWE in 1999, and that run lasted until the summer of 2005. He returned in 2007 for a run that last, lasted until 2010, when he took more time off to focus on his band Fozzie. Jericho then returned in 2011, but has not appeared for the company since January 2018. He has been with AEW since first signing a three-year contract in January 2019. And that's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty good that, you know, they were able to reach a deal. Y2J, not able to be had on his end, but he does have the Lionheart name, which is always a plus. Now, in terms of the Money in the Bank match name, that is technically Jericho's. That was Jericho's idea to begin with. He was the one that created it many moons ago. So if I don't know if they were going to give him that name. I doubt they are. I doubt they're going to give him Money in the Bank name. Since that's a, pay, a big pay-per-view for uh, WWE, even though nine times out of ten, yeah, Money in the Bank absolutely sucks, just like it did this year. It is what it is. But it's good to see that, you know, Jericho was able to get, you know, get rights, you know, in exchange for, you know, some intellectual property, that's perfectly fine. As long as Jericho what got he wanted got what he wanted out of the deal, I see no problem with this whatsoever. But we shall move along. From WrestlingNews.co, Ric Flair says Charlotte will be out of action for a year. This is by Andrew Ravens. Now, me personally, she may come back sooner. We'll figure it out. But let's read the article anyway and see what they got to say. Ric Flair has provided an update on when fans can expect to see his daughter back in the squared circle. Last month, Charlotte Flair had surgery done to fix issues with her breast implants. The women's champion was last seen on television back on the June 22nd episode of WWE Raw. Since that time, there have been mixed reports about how long she's expected to be sidelined. The WWE Hall of Famer gave some insight into the decision and her return while doing an interview with the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast. Quote, she's fine, but this time she knows. And her personal physician and the company doctors have reinforced it, as she can't hurry the process. Otherwise, we're going to be right back. With the stuff that she does, the moonsaults and the way she lands and taking knees and everything, she's got to be 100%, and she will be, end quote. Flair continued by bringing up the landscape of WWE right now and that and to other female stars that have gotten the opportunity to shine, such as Asuka, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Flair stated that he thinks his daughter looks at it and sees so many great opportunities in terms of matches going forward. He stated that when she gets back, the roster will be thick and deep to the point where she can plan right now who she wants to work with when she returns. Quote, So she'll be fine, just has to be patient and heal. The rotator cuffs, you gotta let those heal. You gotta let the knees heal. 
And I got a reminder sometimes, like Seth was off for a year. She's likely out for a year. It's not the end. You'll come back. Flair also talked about his wife, Wendy, was battling COVID-19. Charlotte's initial concern about Eric Bischoff being hired as SmackDown Executive Director and more. If you want to check out the entire interview, you can go check out this page, WrestlingNews.co. Search for the uh, Ric Flair says Charlotte will be out of action for a year title. And you can check the entire interview out there with the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast. Now, it has not been a secret that Charlotte's breast implants have been much of an have been a bit of an issue. Um, I mean, I'm not as much of a breast man as, as most dudes. I prefer a nice lady with a nice booty and good a pair of legs. Again, I am just a man. I'm merely just a man. And I have preferences. It bees what it bees. But, you know, this is, like I said, an opportunity for other ladies in the Raw and SmackDown Women's Division to get some opportunities. But it is on WWE to make those opportunities happen. As far I mean, it's working well with Bailey and Sasha Banks. Um, like I said, payback is tonight, so um, as they defend the, uh, Smack, uh, like the SmackDown Women's Championships, the Women's Tag Team titles against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, for which I, have no, for which I do not give an absolute fuck about. Because, well, I just don't give a shit. It's just... Hopefully, WWE creates the opportunity to give more opportunities to ladies like, you know, I guess Mandy, Naomi... You know, maybe a Ruby Riot, maybe Shayna, maybe Asuka, maybe Nia. But honestly, I just don't see it. I really don't see it happening. And it's going to be a pain in the absolute dick because of the fact that, you know, WWE really needs to focus on getting multiple women opportunities to actually do a good amount of things. They have they have the depth. They have a ton of depth to actually make this happen. It's just I don't believe, honestly, in my heart of hearts that they will actually do what needs to be done and creating those opportunities so when the, when Charlotte does come back, she actually has someone to work with instead of having to really scrape bottom of the barrel to find someone for Charlotte to work with. Now, do I believe that it will take a year for her to come back? I don't know. Maybe. The possibility is there. Um, we will see, though. Personally, we will see. But hopefully, uh, as we always, as as always, on behalf of our select radio and the YLP podcast, we do wish Charlotte the best in recovery, rehabbing her tatas and whatever other injuries she has to deal with. And we hope she comes back safe and uh, safe and sound, and you know, fully one hundred percent ready to go and get back in the ring and do things. He's what it be. From WrestleTalk.com, WWE SmackDown viewership revealed following. Roman Reigns' return. This is from Louis Dengour. Last night's SmackDown, which was, or should I say Friday's SmackDown, which was the go-home show before payback, saw the return of Roman Reigns to the blue brand, as well as an Intercontinental Championship match between Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura. As expected, the overnight viewership for last uh, Friday's show was up from the week previous, with SmackDown on Fox bringing in an average of 
2.105 million viewers, according to Showbuzz Daily. The first hour brought in 2.21 million viewers as an average across the first hour, with that figure dropping slightly to 2.151 million in the second. The show brought a 0.6 in the all-important 18-49 demographic. For comparison, last week's go-home episode of SmackDown before SummerSlam brought in an average of 2.1675 million viewers, scored a 0.6 in the 18-49 demographic that advertisers care the most about. And that's all well and good. I will say, though, as, as a whole, SmackDown was trash. SmackDown was absolute booty cheeks. I for the most for the majority of the show I didn't I didn't like much. I honestly turned it off with a half hour left to go. I really did. I just didn't care for it. I didn't care for it. So I mean, I mean, like, like I said. I, I really didn't have any, you know, I, I tried live tweeting on Friday and I tried as much as possible to live tweet and it just got to a point where I was just super bored. I got so damn bored. The, the show itself was trash. I mean, I did miss the whole Roman thing. I saw the highlight. I'm just looking at the picture right now as I'm seeing it, as I'm recording. And I'm just like, okay, Roman's now aligned with Paul Heyman. That's cool. But overall, I mean, they really need. They really need to work on getting that shit popping. If that's going to if that's what it's going to be like going forward, that that rating will drop significantly. But I think people will still gravitate because now they want to see what Roman Reigns is going to do with Paul Heyman going forward. There's been rumors of retribution coming out tonight. And at pay, being at payback, they're going to say Roman's the leader. Or at least him and uh, Paul Heyman are the figureheads. I don't know. Again, I'm recording this on Sunday and giving this to you guys today. But, ah, man. I, I, I don't know. We'll see how these ratings go. I mean, it's a good thing. They're up right now. But over the next couple of weeks and maybe month or so, we are really going to see if this all works out for SmackDown. This is going to be either going to be a big fail or a possible big boom for WWE possibly going forward. Who knows? Uh, right now, it is up. I believe they went up. Let's see here. Went up about 200, uh, 200, like 20,000. So it's not that significant of a jump. It's it's a slight up, but I mean, again, it's going to be one of those things where we'll see how this goes. It was the SmackDown after SummerSlam, so numbers are always going to be up after a big four pay-per-view, or, or usually after a pay-per-view episode, but, you know, we will see. We will see how this goes. And we'll see if the numbers continue to go up or it will go back down, depending on how SmackDown goes going forward. Yes, Sami Zayn returns. That's great. You know, that's always well and good. Uh, I can see a triple threat uh, deal going on with Styles, Hardy, and Zayn. Um, Shinsuke and Cesaro want nothing now to do with Sami after being gone for four months. And I like how they played that off very well. Alexa 
could possibly be the mouthpiece for Bray Wyatt going forward. We'll see how that goes with that. That's going to be an interesting dynamic between the two of them, hopefully. Tag Team Division is still in disarray. Um, we still have Bailey and Sasha, especially with what is going on with them as they defend the Women's Tag Team Championships against Shayna and Nia, and that's... Uh, but, again, we will see. We will see how things work out, but I know at least Roman's going to be a, a, a big topic. Um, Bailey and Sasha's dissension will definitely get into it as they now hopefully start their feud for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That'll be fun to watch. But they really need to get everything else in order as well over the Intercontinental Championship and the tag team division as a whole. We will see. And finally, to round out part one of episode 247 of the YLB podcast, talking about the news of the weekend from WrestlingInc.com. Nick Aldis talks AEW working with NWA, wanting ownership in the NWA. This is actually from Austin Lee. Although NWA hasn't been running shows during the pandemic era, NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis has kept himself busy learning new skills such as editing, producing, and directing to help the company once they resume producing content. The National Treasure recently joined Pro Wrestling Junkies for a Q&A session with fans and discuss the willingness on the NWA's behalf to work with AEW as evident with their women's champion, Thunder Rosa, issuing a challenge to AEW women's champion, Hikaru Shida, at All Out. He also took the time to speak on his rivalry with Cody, and the audience's desire to see the rubber match between himself and the AEW star and EVP. Quote, First of all, the fact that Thunder Rosa appeared on Dynamite with the NWA World's title, women's title indicates there is an agreement, Aldis said. It was a deal that was made and set up. The conversation with Cody and I has never really gone away since All In. Even before All In, people could tell, could kind of tell that this was going to be a special rivalry. We knew that too. We could tell from the first time I showed up in London and sort of surprised everybody and made the match official. People were looking at it like it was just so cool and the rivalry just works. End quote. He continues on to say, Sometimes there are rivalries where you can't really pin, just pinpoint why. Obviously, we're similar in age and styles. Even in the way we sort of present ourselves and stuff like that, we're also very different, and I think that's why it works so well. We come from very different origins, and that contrast just works really well with that. We're a couple of good big egos that try to push each other and compete with each other, and that competitiveness is real. I think the audience can pick up on that when it feels real, and I'm confident that when the time is right, we'll make that happen. They just need to break out the Benjamins, end quote. All this then went a bit deeper on the discussion about Cody and revealed that he feels that the biggest match of his career was against Rhodes at All In in 2018. Quote, I think All In would certainly be the biggest match I've ever had, Nick said. I certainly felt on that day that everyone in wrestling was watching that event in that match. I've obviously had other big matches in my career, but I never felt like any other match had that kind of attention to it. Whether everyone in the business will admit it or not, they were all watching that event, specifically that match. It also solidified both of us capable main event caliber wrestlers. Aldis has quietly accomplished a lot in the business, but he revealed his biggest goal is yet to be achieved and laid out a plan on how he could get there. Quote, I really want ownership, to be honest. In the end, that's a goal of mine, to have some stake. That would be something that's not beyond the realm of possibility, but we would be very careful to not cross the bounds of conflict or interest. Conflict of interest, I'm sorry. 
It would be perhaps, obviously, I'd have to earn it. I believe in this company and I believe in, the, in this entity. And I really do put my heart and soul into it. At some point, if I decide that I'm going to plant my flag here for good, that would probably be the thing to do it. That would probably be, probably come as I near the end of my career, Nick continued. At least when I'm not full-time in the ring anymore. That's something I've been open about. I've talked with Billy about it. It's not just something he's just up and going to hand over. I have other business ventures, and I try to stay multifaceted and stay diversified. But ultimately, I do take an active role in a lot of things here. I try to stay away from the conflict of interest. But the more I do that, and the more I hope I, more I help grow NWA, the more likely it is that ownership stake will happen. And of course, I always say with any of, this, any of these articles, if, you, if I use any of the quotes from this article, please credit Pro Wrestling Junkies with an H slash D to Wrestling Inc. for the transcription so they don't get in my ass. That's a lot to take in. Nick Aldis wanting stake in the NWA. That would be fire. And the fact that he's really been working on, you know, editing and producing and all this, it really shows that he's trying to really diversify himself in the game. He's already planning to, you know, actually make something happen once his career is over. And the fact that, you know, he wants to be part of NWA, hey, I, I, I'm not mad at that at all. You know, I really don't mind seeing that happening. I mean, he is, his match with uh, Cody back in uh, All In at 2018, I mean, whew, that was, if I remember correctly, that was one of my match of the year candidates. That was in my top 10 for sure. It was, it was a wonderful match um, from beginning to end. The crowd in Chicago was just all ready for it. They were so hyped for it. The, the hype, oh man, it was just, if for anyone who has not seen that match as of yet, A, watch that match. B, enjoy that match. C, re-watch that match like about three more times and you'll understand how much this match really meant to all in. It was a key gem of a match on the all-in card. And what most people would think is not the wasn't the best card in the world. But actually it, this really was just oh man. Just it was just one of those matches where you're just like, "Oof." It 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 was a it was a true energy stealer. It really really had that fire, that energy, that that everything, it just really, it really did a lot. It really did a lot. It really did so much for AEW at that time. It really did a bunch for AEW at the time. And it really solidified the company as something to watch out for going forward. This is before they even started doing Dynamite. But they wanted to just have that show. They wanted to have that one show. And this was a key match in that show. I was just very fascinated by the matchup. The crowd was going crazy. The hype for this match was bananas. And the story going, just the story as they told in, in the matchup, the story they told leading up to the match, everything about it was just fantastic. And for all, and all this, I mean, all this is a beast. 
don't get it twisted. Otis is a beast, man. And he's, he's, he's working a lot to do, you know, make himself one of the biggest names out there. I'm surprised not a lot of people give more credit to Aldis than they do right now. You know, again, he like, during this whole pandemic, he's been doing a lot of things, you know, editing, producing, you know, learning new skills. And that's only going to help the company more when NWA Power actually goes back on YouTube and we're actually able to see more of it. It's fantastic. You know, he's really doing a lot to better himself. And in terms of the AEW NWA thing, I'm all for it too. You know, there's been a lot of speculation on if AEW and NGPW were going to have a thing or if AEW and another company were going to work together. You know, and now possibly AEW and NWA might be a thing. Um, the thing is, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with the NWA going forward. And you already have guys like Eddie Kingston, Ricky Starks on there already that are, that went from NWA to AEW. So who's to say that we can't start seeing a partnership between the two? A possible third match between Cody and Nick would definitely be in the cards. They have a lot of talent over in NWA. I mean, they have ladies like Allison Kay as well, Marty Bell, uh, Melina there. They got a lot going on there with the women's division, and I think that would definitely uh, definitely help elevate the division a little bit, especially once they get back to full strength, once we get Statlander back, once we get um, Britt Baker back. So there, there, a lot of things can happen. A lot of things can be done with this. A lot of things can be done with uh, AEW and NWA, and I hope that's something we start to see. Uh, going towards the end of 2020, going into 2021, definitely something I would want to see going forward. So that's going to conclude part one of News of the Weekend for episode 247 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, I'm going to talk about John Moxley saying his run was supposed to end in NGPW with a Wrestle Kingdom match against Carl Anderson. An update on AJ Styles' future after Paul Heyman's appearance on WWE. Triple H on how the speaking out movement will affect the return of NXT UK. Bischoff saying WWE storylines suck right now. That is an actual quote. And of course, WWE changing SummerSlam finished after Superstar argued that it made no sense. All that when we come back with episode 247 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My name is the Monday Night Delight, and my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gift Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to WrestleMania, where I met the Kings of the Rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with WrestleMania Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. For four months, I didn't do a show except when Goldberg won the Universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA, Impact Wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye!
247 of the YLP Podcast for talking about news of the weekend. But before we get back into the news, I want to talk to you all about teespring.com. More importantly, my store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young dash lions dash perspective. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, rebranding of the YLP store over here. Looking, I'm actually looking at it right now personally. And, you know, new hero banner with the YLP logo looking all types of clean. And may I say, I'm even looking at it right now and then just all types of new, all kinds of easy to get what you, exactly what you're looking for. As I said, the old old brand wasn't good, but sometimes you gotta switch it up a little bit and boom, make it a little bit better, make it a little easier for you guys. You know, apparel, homeware, accessories, and of course, two new items in the Teespring store, of course, premium women's V-necks, because y'all need to stop taking our, you, stop taking your man's um, V-necks. That might be his favorite shirt he wears to go with the gym and all that good stuff. Alright, so we got a little something, something hooked up for y'all. Premium women's V-necks, 100% soft cotton with the YLP logo right on that. Six different colors, making sure you match all your types of outfits. As well as, of course, the YLP face mask. I know a lot of states in this country still have mandates on wearing masks when you go into buildings, go into certain establishments. And may I say, it looks all kinds of clean with the YLP logo right in the front, full nose and mouth coverage. And of course, the most important thing about that, every, with every sale, a dollar from every mass sale will be donated to a nonprofit to feed children in need. And I think that is the most important thing that is always good. We always like to give back to those uh, less unfortunate. Most, I got two nieces and a nephew, and I usually know for the most part where the next meal is coming from. But there are some children out there in the United States and across the world that they do not know where the next meal may be coming from, if there's a meal at all. So, with this, a dollar from every mass sold will go to a nonprofit to help children in need. So, head over to teespring.com, slash store, slash young dash lines, that's perspective. Get yourself a mask, especially if you want to get a new one. Want to get a clean one, want to get a new fine one, right? And like I said, single sided print, two six inch elastic ear loops, non medical grade product, of course. But you get to represent not only representing the YLP universe in wonderful style because you can match it with your outfits and whatnot, but you're also doing it for a fantastic cause. As well, of course, y'all know I got everything in men's, women's, and of course the young cups out there and all the accessories you'll ever need. You know, coffee mugs, tapestries, beach towels, organic, organic tote bags, all that good stuff, wall art, and of course the YLP socks. You can't go wrong. With YLP socks, get yourself a poster, put it up on your wall, give it to you. Hey, Christmas is coming up in a couple months. Why not get yourself prepared and get it done early? Get yourself some YLP gear over on teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young lines perspective. Get in there, and of course, if you're a patron, you're a patron, I should say, I'm sorry, you know 15% off every single time you check out at the YLP store using that wonderful code. But you gotta be a patron in order to get in on that. And I said that in the last segment. So, again, teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash young lines respective. Head over and over there and get yourself some swanky merch for the remainder of the summer. And of course, going into the fall, get a little cold, get a little chilly, get yourself a little hoodie, a little that pullover action. 
Ladies, make sure you get them leggings because because we know gyms are opening back up. Mr. YLP loves y'all. Let's get back into the news, though. Got a couple more bits of news before we head on out for the night. From Fightful.com, John Moxley says his run in NJPW was supposed to end with a Wrestle Kingdom match against Carl Anderson. This is from Robert D. Felice. John Moxley's original plans for his New Japan Pro Wrestling run were initially much shorter and ended much differently than the run he is currently on right now. Upon leaving WWE in April 2019, John Moxley was ready to shed the layers of Dean Ambrose and reinvent his wrestling career. For his first major appearance, he ended the debut show of All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing 2019 by giving Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho resounding paradigm shift DDCs, effectively announcing to the world that Mox was back. Not too long after that, John Moxley made a surprise appearance in New Japan for Wrestling where he would dethrone Juice Robinson and capture the IWGP United States Championship. He still holds this championship today, regaining it from Lance Archer in a Texas death match on night one of Wrestle Kingdom 2020 and being forced to relinquish the title due to travel issues. Speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, Moxley revealed how his New Japan run came together, his initial trepidation about working the G1 Climax Tournament, and the original plan for the end of the run, which would have featured Carl Anderson's return to Japan and in a subsequent match between Anderson and Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom. Quote, I knew I wanted to go to Japan and have, like, at least one solid run in the legit Japanese company of New Japan or whoever was going to be right. Obviously, New Japan was the top choice. I was planning on using my contacts or whatever and being like, hey, do you think you can get me in touch with somebody? See if there's anything we can work out? Maybe there's some interest on either side or whatever. I didn't have, I didn't have to do that because New Japan just called me pretty much as soon as the news broke that I was probably on my way out. I got a text from Rocky. He's just like, yo, man, if you're really leaving here, really leaving there, whenever you're done, it'd be really cool if we can get you over to New Japan. End quote. As talks progressed, the idea was thrown out for John Moxley to work a G1 Climax tournament. Moxley candidly admitted to being a little, to being a little trepidatious, being a little trepidation. I'm sorry. It's about working the round robin tournament. Quote: My initial reaction was like, I don't know about that one. So my initial reaction was kind of a little bit of a trepidation. We got off the phone and I went and sat on my on the couch next to my wife. Thirty seconds later, I went, shit, I have to do the G1. I have to because I'm not gonna puss out. I acknowledge the fact that it kind of intimidated me a little bit. Now I have to face my fear. Now I have to do it. Now it's a pilgrimage that I must do. 10 minutes ago, it wasn't even on my mind. Wasn't even thinking about it. And now this thing is that, this is this thing that I absolutely have to conquer. Moxley wound up facing his fear and competing in the tournament. However, this far deviated from the normal plan that would have involved the returning hero in Carl Anderson. Well, we got a set storyline in place from June till Wrestle Kingdom set in stone. I was going to end up working with Carl Anderson in the end. I beat up the young boy from the Japanese dojo system. Juice, beat him in a rematch, go to whip his ass afterward. Now comes the original young boy from the dojo system. The returning hero, the conqueror, Carl Anderson. Stun gun, motherfucker. Returning hero. The place would have gone nuts. Then we would have worked Wrestle Kingdom, and that was the run. Anderson wound up staying with WWE before he and Luke Gallows were let go on Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. Now, Moxie said he is on a verbal agreement with NJPW and looks forward to continuing his run in Japan as long as it remains fun. Quote, As soon as I got there, it was like, this place is awesome. And I fit in great and it just like clicked. 
They love having me and I love going there. So now, although I don't like have like a contract, I guess we're just on kind of a non-specific verbal agreement because they know I love going there. Quote. Elsewhere in the interview, John Moxley discussed what it was like when his wife Renee Young contracted COVID-19. You can check out, click on the hyperlink. And before I go get messed with by Fightful, uh, if I use any of the above transcription, please link back to this article and I will credit Fightful for all the stuff because they did it and I'm not trying to get messed with or sued or anything like that. So there you go. But let's talk about initially what it was going to be. Canada did dry. Diet vanilla ginger ale. On point. Bang. Just want to put that out there. But Moxley and John and uh Carl Anderson. Hmm. I would have liked that very much. I would have liked that very, very much. I would have really liked to see that match. I mean, don't get me wrong. Seeing Moxley come in, take on Juice, take the IWGP United States Championship, hold that belt for a minute, unfortunately lose it to travel issues. Lance Archer takes it. Then Lance Archer and John Moxley have a banger of a Texas death match, which is crazy. That was just absolutely crazy. And then defended against Juice again at night two. Still crazy. We had Carl Anderson and John Moxley. That would have been absolutely wild. Especially since Anderson is a bit of an original in uh, New Japan. Especially, of course, he's an original member of Bullet Club, being one of the first four members. That would have been an absolute crazy pop for him returning. Oh, man, yeah, I'm just thinking about it right now, trying to think about that in my head, how that would have gone. That would have been absolutely wild. Wild. Just try, at, at Wrestle Kingdom, of all places? At Wrestle Kingdom? Hmm. I would have, that they would have torn the roof off that. Now, whether that, now, that run was supposed to end with Anderson taking the United States Championship away from uh, Moxley, and that was going to be ending of his run as he went into NW, then personally, I would have all been for it. And then Anderson would have returned. That means Gallows would have returned eventually. Would they have returned to Bullet Club? More than likely. Yeah, I could definitely see that for sure. I could have loved to see that. I mean, I like Moxley in New Japan. It works. Um, the fact that he, he really was just like had a little bit of trepidation in terms of uh, doing the G1. I'm not gonna lie, I don't feel bad for him in that aspect, given the fact that um, the G1 is a bit of a the fact that a G1 is a very rough and tumble tournament, you're going three weeks straight. You know, every other day you're in a match. Every other day, well, every other day you're in a block match, but every almost every single day you're going to be in a match of some sort. You 
you're going to be doing some things. You're going to be either in a multi-man tag match or you're going to be in a block match. And Moxley's run wasn't actually that bad in the G1. He actually had a... a for. Okay, we're just going to mute that. Um, I have to say, it was his first go at... Um, his first go at a G1, not bad. I was very... I'm thoroughly impressed by what he was able to do in that G1. And then, of course, Suzuki. Got a king of run with that. He had, he had a solid G1 tournament. So, the fact that he actually had a moment of, I don't know if I can do it. And then was able to say, like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, poof. But that match against freaking... Yeah, yeah, I would have been all for that. I would have been all for that. Moxley Anderson, can't go wrong with that at all. Can't go wrong. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we will see that. Who knows? Moving on. From SportsKeeda.com. Update on AJ Styles' future after Paul Heyman's appearance on WWE SmackDown. And yes, when I saw this article, I knew immediately I had to talk about this one. Because we all know how AJ Styles felt about Paul Heyman after the whole situation with Gallows and Anderson just months ago. So let's see what they have to say. This is written by Keyshawn Prasad. This past week on SmackDown... Roman Reigns wasn't the only one who made his return to the blue brand. When the camera moved away from the big dog, the WWE Universe saw Paul Heyman by his side. It looks like Paul Heyman will be managing Reigns henceforth. A WWE superstar who may not be happy about the arrangement is AJ Styles. Styles and Heyman's real-life dislike for each other is no secret. AJ Styles has gone on record slamming Paul Heyman, calling him a liar. It was earlier reported that the Phenomenal One was moved to Raw to, from Raw to WWE SmackDown because of Paul Heyman's presence and authority on the red brand. On the latest Wrestling Observer Arabia, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez discuss AJ Styles' future on WWE SmackDown now that Paul Heyman has aligned himself with Roman Reigns. Quote, What's interesting is with AJ and all that is does Reigns go to Raw in the draft or does AJ go to Raw and does neither of them go to Raw in the draft? Both Reigns as a heel, AJ is not the top heel there anymore. So AJ can go over to McIntyre. Not the heel, top heel there anymore, so AJ can go over, but McIntyre is going to need new opponents unless Orton wins. But then Orton is going to need new opponents because it's not like there's a whole plethora of baby faces on that side either. There's a lot of shakeups that are needed. I guess come in October. End quote. On last week's episode of WWE SmackDown, AJ Styles dropped the Intercontinental Championship at Jeff Hardy, ending the Phenomenal Run's reign at 70 days. On this week's episode, AJ Styles received his rematch against the Charismatic Enigma. Styles came up short against Hardy yet again. When the fuck did they write this shit? When the hell did they write this shit? Okay. I'm just, today, alright, cool. Um, as Paul Heyman, as for Paul Heyman, his associate, Roman Reigns will be challenging for the Universe Championship in a few hours at Payback. 
in a triple threat match that also involves Braun Strowman. As of this recording, this, this pay-per-view is actually going on as we speak, and I'm just having it in background because I really don't care much for this pay-per-view whatsoever. This is a personally between you and I. It is just a bunch of SmackDown and Raw matches that could have happened on SmackDown and Raw, and I still wouldn't give it a shit. Anywho, continuing on. The Big Dog made his much-awaited in-ring return last week at WWE SummerSlam after the Fiend dethroned the monster among men. Mm, excuse me. My apologies. I'm going to give you a bold prediction right now, and it shouldn't be as bold, but it's going to be happening right now. Styles is going back to Raw. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but if there is beef... There is beef between Heyman and Styles. Styles doesn't like Heyman, especially after what he did to his good brothers, his boys Anderson and uh, Gallows. And it's unfortunate. But if, if that's the way they're going to do it, the only way to do it is to have Styles go back to Raw. If, Especially if they're going to keep the title on McIntyre for the foreseeable future. It only makes sense. It's the only way. I don't see... Reigns is not going over to Raw. It's not happening. I mean, especially when, of course, as like I said, as of this recording, I'm recording this during payback. So if Reigns wins, happens to win the championship, Reigns ain't going over to Raw. That means come October, Styles is going to Raw. It only makes sense for Styles to go to Raw. Because McIntyre is going to need new heels to face. Especially if they're going to keep the title on McIntyre for the foreseeable future. There's no way Styles and Heyman can coexist over on SmackDown. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't make sense. So, just move Styles over to Raw. And then we go from there. And hopefully we'll get a Styles McIntyre feud. And I wouldn't mind seeing that at all because Styles McIntyre is a match I don't think I've personally ever seen. I don't know if you've personally seen it, but it's something I have not seen. So it'll be a feud that feels fresh, something that needs to happen. Wouldn't go wrong with it whatsoever. I think that match would actually go over quite well to end towards the to end towards the end of 2020. From WrestlingInc.com, Triple H on how this hashtag speaking out movement will affect the return of WWE NXT UK. This is by Robert Gunnier. I was going to say produced by Robert Gunnier. This ain't beat. The game, Triple H, recently took some time out of his busy schedule to speak with Metro.co.uk about the upcoming return of in-ring action on NXT UK. During the discussion... Hunter gave praise to BT Sports Studio for allowing them to be NXT UK's permanent home during these unprecedented times. He says that they are working towards bringing in fans so that the NXT UK experience can become what it once was. Quote, that is the intent and the hope. BT has been, I can't say it enough, an amazing partner. When you look at the studio, it's perfect for what we do, but they are perfect for what we do. They have been a leader in changing the game and sport all across all of Europe. And really, globally, they have once they have one of the most technologically advanced studios in the world. I don't know why they put that there. Guess what it is? It's an amazing facility. The intent is for us to be able to get to be in there 
long term to be able to create this content. And I think if later down the line we get to a place where fans can come in, obviously, we'd be thrilled and excited. End quote. Triple H says that in the wake of the Speaking Out movement, he hopes that NXT UK can be a place where professionalism and safety reign supreme. He emphasized that whenever there are suspicions about someone behaving inappropriately, they investigate and approach it with a zero tolerance policy. Quote, Part of this is why we started NXT UK in the first place, was to professionalize and put that system into place where everyone can feel safe and protected, and have a working environment that is inclusive of everyone and the opportunity to do what we do. We take every allegation very seriously, and you can refer back to our policy. It's zero tolerance for things of this manner. We look into everything. We look into it. We go from there to see what is legitimate, what is not, what is real, what isn't, and deal with it accordingly. While a lot of these things happened years ago, we take them very seriously. We also have an open policy with everybody. No one should ever feel like, I didn't want to say anything. That's the exact opposite of what we want. We're trying to make this safe, inclusive, trying to make this the safe, inclusive environment for everybody that it should be. With everything set in motion, Triple H is chomping at the bit to get the stars competing in the ring again. He believes that this reintroduction into the world of UK wrestling will be bigger than how they have ever done things before. Quote, we've done the very best we can with it in unfortunate circumstances. To now sort of dig in, but also to get fans to come in and reintroduce them to everybody. Reintroduce them to the brand, what it stands for, how it works, what you can expect from it. While there are a lot of fans that are very used to the product and, and love it, we're going to reintroduce this to everybody and build it out in a way, in a bigger way, than we have done before. Mm. And I am very, quite excited for NXT UK to make its return on September 17th. Quite excited. I cannot wait to see what happens with this. Really can't wait to see what they do with this. Because of the fact that you have NXT coming back in just a few weeks. I'm sure they really saw the entirety of the whole speaking out movement going down. And realized that this is what they were trying to do before. And now they are going to even make it a bigger thing with a true, even bigger zero tolerance policy. They are not going to play that. Triple H ain't going to play that. The brass at NXT UK aren't playing that and they know that. And I, for one, ain't playing that. So, I mean, good on Triple H for real, you know, understanding the whole situation and really looking into it. Now, a lot of people would say the whole situation with Velveteen Dream over in NXT, his return and all that. People were thinking, you know, fuck Velveteen Dream. We saw that in the Thunderdome recently. And a lot of people want to see the Velveteen Dream get fired. And... With all of that, I'm going I'm to just go off somewhat of an assumption that um, they maybe saw the situation, what was going on, took all the information in and realized, okay, we're not going to do anything in terms of firing Velveteen or something like that. That I can only speculate. Actually, I should say more speculation than assumption. So... Given the fact that, you know, everything with everything going on and they're going to take it, they're going to even be more 
safe with this and they're going to be more in tune with what's going to be going on in terms of allegations they're going to be they, they, they pretty much said it you know we don't want to make it and get it to a point where someone says I didn't want to say anything it's better to pardon the pun speak out on it if there is a grievance or, some, or something of that nature now again with, with everything that went on um, I know Devlin was one was one to we were up quite quickly. Osprey, I believe, uh, has a situation going on, but I believe he's still going to be working. So, as far as I know, they really we haven't really heard anything in terms of anyone getting in trouble with the speaking out movement or anything of that nature. So, I don't know. We may never know. We may never know. As far as we know, Banks and Lagero are gone from WWE, and it's unfortunate. Uh, especially with everything that happened with that, with the situation with Billy McKenzie, with the Garrow situation, that was the case. But going forward, I know NXT UK is really going to be putting their foot down with that. So that's always a good thing. That's a win in and of itself. And we will see how it goes going forward. But what we should really be focused on, what we should be happy about, is the fact that NXT UK is back, coming back, and it is going to be quite a wonderful spectacle once we get back into the swing of things on September 17th. From ringsidenews.com, WWE changed SummerSlam finish after Superstar argued that it made no sense by H. Jenkins. SummerSlam's slogan, that's some alliteration for you there, kids, was you'll never see it coming. One match finish was changed from one that nobody would have expected. Ringside News has learned that WWE wanted to book a finish for SummerSlam that would have seen the opposite member of Fire and Desire take a hiatus. We were told by a member of the creative team that with very close knowledge of this situation that WWE wanted to book Sonya Deville to beat Mandy Rose in the Loser Leaves Town match. Sonya Deville argued that made no sense and plans were changed. It was additionally told to us that plans here don't last in this environment. No fucking shit. DeVille ended up losing and now we are waiting to see how WWE brings her back. Mandy Rose losing at SummerSlam would have made no sense. No fucking shit. The only benefit to Rose losing would have been a shocking finish. They went the other direction with this match and all parties involved are happy about it. I hope they are. Shit. It was additionally told to us that WWE does not have a does have a direction in place for Mandy Rose. It was not confirmed if her SmackDown Women's Title aspirations are part of the plan. Boy, I hope they're fucking not. Her absence from SmackDown this week is no indication that they have nothing for her. Ah. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, the right lady lost. It made sense. You're welcome. I just kind of wanted to throw that out there for you guys, just in case uh, anybody was interested in that. But I do have an update, though. I just saw uh, as I was reading this article an update on Charlotte Flair, as I alluded earlier in the last segment. Um, Rick Flair, her daddy, says she will be out for a year. An update. Charlotte Flair denies reports of missing WrestleMania next year. 
you love to see it. So here's an update. Uh, Charlotte Flair has since refuted that she will miss WrestleMania 37. She wrote on Twitter, quote, this isn't remotely freaking true. In response directly to our article. Oh, they put an article saying this. I didn't see this. We will have to see how soon the queen returns. Uh, the original was, Charlotte Flair took some time off of plastic surgery and maybe an acting gig. That turned into a much longer possible hiatus with the queen. While speaking to Wrestling Inc., Ric Flair revealed that Charlotte Flair won't be back until at least WrestleMania. She is also dealing with rotator cuff issues. Now, he said a year. So, we was talking about next SummerSlam, at least. The Nature Boy said his daughter will be out for a full year, which would include the show of shows. We'll have to see where Rick Charlotte Flair ends up next. She could be on the silver screen or on a major television network in an acting role apart from her WWE persona. There are rumors that she could be the next breakout superstar in WWE. Breakout? With the way she's been booked lately? She... But it's unclear if she would leave the business completely. Charlotte Flair might not be back until after the show of shows in 2021. The WWE landscape might look much different by then. And they thank WrestlingNews.co for the quote. So apparently, um, we may see Charlotte sooner than everyone actually thinks. We don't know, but hopefully uh, we do see Charlotte sooner rather than later, even though Y'all know as much as I, as much as I, I remember, I do not loathe Charlotte. I just do dislike the booking of Charlotte. Okay, let's not get that twisted whatsoever. Not at all. I do. I dislike Charlotte. This is a great talent. Comes from wrestling royalty. A great, a great wrestler in the ring, in and out. As far as her booking has gone over the past couple of years, that is what I actually want to question. That is what I question, personally. That is neither here nor there, nor do I even try to bother with that nonsense. But, if she comes back sooner than expected, hey, it beats what it beats, then I'll be all good for pretty much everyone involved. And I'd like to round out this episode of the YLP Podcast with an article from eWrestlingNews.com. And what better to hear talk about than Eric Bischoff. WWE storylines suck right now. And he's not wrong either. This is from Ryan Clark. During a recent interview with Sports Kita, Eric Bischoff commented on WWE's current storylines, the Thunderdome concept, and more. Here are some of the highlights from the uh, interview below. On WWE's current storylines, quote, Storylines suck right now. They suck. Storylines are getting worse and worse. This is the one thing I've, that I feel adamant about. You look at what WWE did at SmackDown at Thunderdome over the weekend, such a phenomenal job from a production point of view. On the Thunderdome, quote, I knew that WWE would knock the Thunderdome concept out of the park. Better than anybody, including the NBA. I knew they would, because they're so good at that. What they're not good at is basic, fundamental storytelling. You'll love to see it. They're just not. I love them, and I have many friends there who I love dearly. It doesn't change the fact that their storyline, the architecture, their approach to stories, their discipline with stories, sucks. Until somebody comes along and takes an honest look at storytelling and the structure of storytelling and the formulas that are used, it's going to be hit or miss forever. And he's not wrong whatsoever.
I mean, Eric Bischoff 100% is not wrong about what he said whatsoever. They do suck right now. There's weeks where we see storylines with a logic gap here and there, and 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 some of it is just meh, meh. Some of it misses the mark completely. Some of it's good, at, but it's not consistent. And I think that's where Bischoff is alluding to. They're not consistent. He said he said it all. You know. The, arc, the storyline, the architecture, their approach to stories, their discipline with stories sucks. They have the talent to do it. They have all the talent in the world, but if the creative team just is trash, then um, I don't know what to tell you. It's not on talent. It's all creative. The creative team absolutely can just kiss my ass. They aren't consistent with what they do. They aren't consistent with pretty much everything. And especially now, you know, with the, you know, when they're bringing up talent, they have really don't have much forum and all this stuff. I just, I just yeah. Bishop hit it on the head. Maybe one day they'll get it right. Like Eric said, until somebody comes along and takes an honest look at storytelling and the structure of storytelling and the formulas that are used, it's going to be hit or miss forever. And it really is. So, it bees what it bees. Hopefully WWE realized that and starts to get everything uh, sorted. But I, along with Eric, don't see that happening in the future or anytime soon for that matter. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude the news of the weekend for episode 247 of the YLP Podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 248 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned! We'll be right back. That's going to be it for episode 247 of Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Of course, as you know, you can check out this episode on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com anchor.fm slash young lions perspective and of course anchor.fm slash wrestle addict radio if you have any thoughts concerns any opinions on today's articles anything at all about this past weekend you want to talk about payback by all means do so you're not going to hurt my feelings whatsoever sound off let your voice be heard leave your boy a voice message on the uh, previous names I just said uh Anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective and Anchor.fm slash Russell Addict Radio. If you 
your leading voice messages on Wrestle Addict Radio. Make sure you put YLP in the title so that I know that you're referring to me personally. And if I like what you're bringing to the table, if I like what you're saying, if I like what you, hear, you know, want to hear and all that good stuff, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP Podcast, of course. If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, Gab, Parlor, all the alt tech. Send in a freaking text message if you must. Slide in your friends' DMs. Even go on Facebook Messenger and share every single last bit of it if you need to. Because, hey, you never know. You got a friend that loves pro wrestling, likes listening to the pro wrestling podcast. If you think the style actually fits uh, his or her uh, style of pro, uh, listening to podcast, hey, tell them to check it out. Send it to them. Hey, this is the latest episode from the Wild Podcast. Check it out. Let me know what you think. If they like it, hey, they come over to the Wild Universe. We got a new fan over in the Wild Universe. But not only that, they can then further their uh, pilgrimage into the war room and become, of course, a member of the war squadron because in these unprecedented times we here at WrestleAddict Radio are pretty much at the grandma hug that most that most of us need sometimes we like to provide solace after a hard day's work or a long hard day of doing what it is you were doing before hey it bees what it bees but you know it is what it is man we're trying to make sure we give you something to come home to something to listen to on your day and all that good stuff because with Kings of the Rings podcast, the YLB podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and of course, the Delight Show with Man's Chapel, we here at Wrestle Addict Radio are without a doubt, 100%, absolutely, not only the cure for the common wrestling podcast, but we are just anything, without a doubt, then, now, and forever, then, alternative professional wrestling podcast and that we are here to stay now i know most of y'all do not have the anchor.fm app and that's perfectly fine you're not hurting my feelings whatsoever everyone has their favorite podcasting app that they want to use for their podcast needs but if you think for one second we over here at wrestle Egg radio are just simply about ambiguous podcast solutions.com anchor.fm slash young lines perspective and anchor.fm Slash Russell Attic Radio, my friend, you are sadly mistaken because you can check out this podcast and all the other podcasts from the Russell Attic Radio family across several different platforms, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podcast Attic, Player FM, Podbean, Castbox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and of course, the Light Show with Man's Champ across all these different platforms. You should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast across the social media, y'all know I am as active as active can be. But if you want to head over to my social media, if you want to keep up to date with what's going on, if you want to... Find me on the Twitter sphere side of things. You can follow me over there at Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night, SmackDown Live every 
Friday night, unless I have a prior obligation to attend to. In that case, I will let you know beforehand. Every WWE, well, not tonight. I ain't, I'm not, I wasn't live tweeting for payback whatsoever. But pretty much every WWE live pay-per-view. And the next one, I believe, coming up is Hell in a Cell. I could be wrong. And honestly, I really don't care at this point. But once I figure out, I will pass that information along to y'all. Every AEW live pay-per-view, and I will be live tweeting for AEW All Out this coming Saturday. And of course, y'all know this coming Friday, episode 249 is going to be absolutely insane with our AEW All Out preview and predictions. And of course, a brand new episode of Light the Fuse. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, and of course, NXT TakeOver War Games was actually, no, NXT uh, will be having a TakeOver special in October, early on in the month of October, and that's going to be absolutely insane. Once we know the name of that, I will pass that along to y'all. And of course, NXT UK TakeOver Dublin, I will be live tweeting on October 25th, and that's going to be a grand moment for the NXT UK brand and NJPW is back, y'all, and y'all know that means the NJPW's biggest and most prestigious tournament of the year, the G1 Climax, is coming soon in about two weeks' time. Cannot wait for that to start, and I will keep that uh, keep up with that as much as I can for you guys. If in terms of the tables, who's leading, who's in the who's in the running to become the A block and B block winner, I will keep all coverage with that. But y'all know I do live tweeting when it's three thirty in the morning. On a random Saturday, I have to go to the bathroom, can't go back to sleep. I do live tweeting for NJPW as well. If you want to follow me over the Instagram side of things, the mothership, the mother hub of everything that is YLP, y'all can follow me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective memes. In case you missed it, updates, breaking news, 60 second thought videos, all that good stuff. All that grand, wonderful things. Again, as I always say, hey, I love me some pro wrestling memes. You love pro wrestling memes. And if you think you bring some fire pro wrestling memes to the table, DM me. Again, at young underscore lines underscore perspective. All right. And um, yeah, send me your best meme. If your meme is fire, if your meme is dank, if your meme is all types of greatness, I'll have no problem whatsoever posting it on my page. Tagging every single member of the WrestleLive Radio family, and you can enjoy your 15 minutes of magnificent excellence. I give you my word on that for sure. If you want to follow me over on Facebook, you can find me over there. And apparently, there's an at on there, but you can follow me at at Young Lions Perspective. Or if you want to search for it on the Facebook sphere, you can find it over at Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, follow the page. We're over 100 followers over there, and I want to thank every single one of y'all for showing love following over there. I gotta try to, I'm gonna try to my best to get it uh, updated this week with everything that's going on. We have all out this weekend. I gotta hit the banner up there. I got a lot of things to do with the Facebook page, but I'm working on it. I'm getting sorted out, trying to work everything on it. Hopefully, before all out, I'll have it all sorted out, making looking clean and all nice and 100% baller. But yeah, follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. Now I know, before we do that, I'm going to look over to the judges to ensure I fulfill my obligations for the day. Looking over at the Norwegian side of things, and I believe they are giving me the thumbs up, so I am good to go. Episode 248 will take place tomorrow night. As y'all know, I'm recording this on a Sunday. You're hearing this on a Monday. 
but episode 248 will be going down Tuesday with a brand new episode of last week, this week, where I discuss last week's episode of NXT and get you primed and ready for a surprise Tuesday episode of NXT. Not sure why they're doing it. Not sure why, but hey, I man, it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a preview thing. But you know what? Hey, we're gonna get the job done. We're gonna get it out there before you watch NXT tomorrow night. Should be a fun little episode. And uh, I know Karrion Cross is on there. I know we get the announcement of what will happen with the NXT Championship going forward. And it's gonna be a dandy of an episode to watch. So enjoy the rest of your evening, and I'll see you guys right back here tomorrow for episode two forty eight of the Y L. P podcast. See. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.